Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you for tuning in. Today I'm talking to Alyssa Thorpe, head brewer at Jagged Mountain Craft Brewery here in Denver, Colorado. And I'll tell you a little bit about Alyssa. She was born and raised just outside of Fort Worth, Texas. Growing up and from the sounds of it still has a huge sweet tooth, loves candy. Alyssa, I am with you 100%. My drug of choice is ice cream. Candy. Yes. Yeah, right? <laughs> candy. Uh, usually, I, I am at the movie theater. That's when I like get really into candy. And it's Sour Patch Kids with my bucket of popcorn. What is your go-to favorite candies? I'll say plural because I'm sure saying one is just too hard to pick a favorite kid, right? Yeah, you're limiting me too much at that point. Hundred <laughs> percent. So, what are those? What are those favorites? I would have to say I always have Haribo gummy bears at any point in my pantry, and uh, peach rings. Oh, All the gummy yeah. candies. Yeah. Okay, I grew up in Germany, and so Haribo was like a lifestyle, and we oh God, always yeah. we always, we always crushed the Coca Cola ones. That's nostalgic for me for sure. So good. So good. Love it. We could talk candy all day. So you're eating lots of candy growing up in uh, Texas. Then you get into the professional side of, of your life and you are a veterinarian technician for 10 years. Yeah. That's a long chunk. And then you got crazy and decided you were moving to Colorado and started getting in the brewing industry at the now defunct Mew Brewery. Tell me just very quickly, like, what was that transition that just snapped in your head? Yeah, I, so, you know, being a vet tech for 10 years, a lot of people aren't familiar with that, you know, position, but you're basically like a veterinarian's nurse. Um, and it was hard, hard work. Brewing is hard work, but being a vet tech, I think was harder um, just because you're dealing with a lot of emotions. Um, you know, you, your patients are trying to bite you all day it's, it's tough. And I really started getting burned out. Um, you know, I wasn't making a lot of money. I was working extremely long hours. Um, you know, I was dealing with people that did not want to talk to me or were upset. Um, so I finally broke down and realized that it was time for me to get out, even though I was very passionate about the job, I wanted to do something that made me happy. Um, and I, you know, have always loved beer, always loved to homebrew, at least until I, you know, since I was old enough and uh, decided to make the leap into brewing. Interesting. No underage homebrewing. Of course, that never happens. No, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm fascinated by this transition and we're going to get into this a little bit because restaurants, bars, breweries, I know why people leave. It's hard. It's tough. Like it yeah. grinds you down for sure. I'm always really interested on what brings people into it. 
later on because you kind of happen into it because you were going to school and then you're like, you know what, I was tending bar while I was going to school and then I decided to get into it and brewing. You almost like fall into it a little bit. So I'm interested when you, you had a whole myriad of, of options, you decided on brewing. So we'll get into that a little bit because I'm fascinated by that. All right, Alyssa, so now we like to kick off with a little best served on icebreaker, a fun little game. Allows me the opportunity to geek out a little bit and research some things that uh, I think are relevant to my guests, to you specifically on this game, and allow people just to have a little bit of fun before we get deep into uh, the people that have impacted your life and career. So being a brewer, and also you and I have had some conversations about food, I want to play a little pairing game called Quite the Pair. Okay, I'm in. Let's do it. Yes. So... For me, this is, you know, a topic I'm very passionate about with uh, brewed food. We used to do a thing called a tale of two pairings where we'd actually pair two completely contrasting beers with a single gist, dish just to break down the preconceived notions of quote unquote what it's supposed to pair and, and really getting into the nuance of flavor and complement contrast and cleanse. So I'm going to be very specific. We're going to talk about three dishes and what you would pair and then talk a little bit about maybe one of your go-to favorite pairings. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's do it. All right. Being from Texas, we got to start with brisket. Now, Ooh. brisket in Texas is, I mean, it's a, it's a religion. It's a staple down there like no other. You got classic places like Black's and Salt Lake, Louis Mueller, Pecan Lodge, all across the state. For me, when I think of brisket, I spent quite a bit of time in Austin. So you got La Barbecue, Franklin, Micklethwaite. I mean, the, the prestige and pedigree and legacy is strong down in Texas. I know that's palpable down there. Am I right? Oh, you're so right. It's a religion for sure. Okay. So very specifically, we're going to be talking about dry rub, salt and pepper only, no sauce over post oak right? There's hickory, there's mesquite, and people are religious about one, but that post oak, which is a little more neutral, I'd say, as far as the woods go, and that no sauce piece. I know there's great barbecue sauce, but just to keep this straightforward and simple, got to order it moist, right? So you got a little extra of that fat and flavor in there. So if you're going briskets, talk to us about beer pairing. I mean, so I grew up with my dad making brisket all the time. Brisket was a big part of my life and culinary experience growing up. Um, so I have to go with a traditional uh, Texas beer, one of the most popular, Shiner Bock. Um, I think it's a great choice for, you know, most barbecues, specifically brisket, because you're adding in that sweetness from the malt, um, from, you know, the darker kind of roasted malts. Um, but you're also getting that super clean profile of a lager. So it's not overwhelming the, you know, true flavor of the brisket. And it's a Texan beer. And if you're making Texan brisket, you got to pair it with that. You're a purist. I love it. I mean, that is so iconic and classic. I mean, it, it makes me think of Blacks, which that's basically what you do. I mean, yeah. you order brisket and a Shinerbach. Oh, yeah. If you don't have the Shinerbach and the brisket, people are going to look at you a little sideways. They're going to give you the... You ain't from around here stairs exactly. because that's, that's exactly what you do. I love it. We're staying true, classic, straightforward, and it is timeless, so it works. I am digging that. All right, burger. 
we're going to okay. talk about one of the most classic burger and beer. All right. And we're going to get very specific again. We're talking 80, 20 Chuck brisket sirloin cooked medium on a griddle, not over wood and not over a gas grill, the griddle that flat top. We're going to do some melted cheddar, maybe some two year aged sharp California cheddar. Again, the specifics matter, right? Yeah. And a little butter toasted sesame seed bun with shredded lettuce, tomato, red onion, all the fixings. And then kind of that classic American secret sauce, special sauce with the ketchup, mayonnaise, maybe a touch of mustard. What are you thinking on the classic American burger? Ooh, okay. I have two different ones for, for this, just because, you know, a classic American burger, you got to pair it with some kind of classic traditional beer that's super clean. So my first thought is Bierstadt Hellas. Um, it's one of those beers that is just so clean and delicious, so well brewed, um, a little bit more of a body than a Pilsner, a little bit more sweetness. So pairs really well with like the saltiness from the burger, um, cuts through, you know, the veggies on there really nicely. Although on the other hand, I really love pairing American beers with American burgers. So I'm going to go with super, a superpower um, from Comrade Brewing Company. Um, it's their really popular IPA. Um, has that really nice bitterness that is an interesting, you know, pairing with a burger. And it's just classic American. Oh, I like where your head's at. Tail two pairings. You, you played right into that well. I love that. So I also like uh, with the Hellas, that's really tight carbonation. Uh, oh, in God, that style so good. Of beer. Yeah. So it's really cleansing, especially with cooking on the griddle. You end up with a, a slightly more greasy burger, which who doesn't love that? And I think the Hellas is really great for that. And then yeah. with the intensity of like the sharp cheddar, when you're talking about something like the superpower, that big West Coast. Uh, tons of floral and citrus. I think you're talking about matching intensity, which is another great pillar of pairing principles. So definitely, you, you are winning at this game. I don't know if there's a winner or a loser, except <laughs> whoever goes and cooks this burger or has brisket with this pairing, they're winning for sure. But you are winning at this. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a little bit of a hobby of pairing beers with food, so I'm totally into this. It is, that is a worthy hobby if I've ever heard one. <laughs> All right, so now we want to talk about something a little bit more contemporary with your life. You just took a trip down to Mexico. You and I talked a little bit about food, throwing ideas out at you of, of, of types of things to try. You took a trip to Oaxaca, is the land of seven moles, really the land of a thousand moles. It's, it's just as iconic as brisket is in Texas, maybe even more so. The heritage is so deep there and cultural. I mean, the word mole comes from the Aztec word for sauce, so it's fundamental. Uh, the differences that set apart mole negra that probably are defining of its flavor, the, the chocolate being very, very key there, big into chocolate down there. You have the dried chilies that give that depth, richness, and spice, and then hoja santa, which is a similar to kind of like a mint that has almost a sassafras-type flavor to it. So if you're pairing to an icon like mole negra, what are you thinking about a beer pairing for it? Ooh, okay. This one is super tough for me because Mole Negra is so complex. And I notice in Oaxaca, even if it was called Mole Negra, um, 
you know, they were all different. I picked out different flavors in each restaurant and each um, place that I went to. Um, so I have a couple of different options for this one too. Um, my first go-to would probably be like a malty, slightly bitter ESB. Uh, my personal favorite is Chinwag over at Hogshead, uh, specifically on cask, just because I think that smoothness and richness would really pair well with the Mole Negra and a touch of bitterness to kind of cut through the chocolate a little bit and balance out the sweetness, a little bit of the, you know, tomato that might be in there or um, some of the spice. Uh, another option that I like is going more on the malty side and eliminating the hops uh, would be Face Down Brown from Telluride Brewing Company. Um, it's a nicely, you know, dry, well done brown ale that, you know, I think would pair so well with those chocolate notes and really round out that flavor nicely. Once again, with the two different pairings, I like, I like the hop balance because definitely Molinegra can come off uh, pretty sweet and the viscosity of it kind of yeah. keeps it on your palate. So I think a little bit of hopness would kind of cut through that. I think that's really great. Mm -hmm. ESBs on cask uh, have a little bit more mouthfeel to them as well. So I think it, would, it wouldn't feel so thin on the palate. So I like that. And I also like just being, being really matchy-matchy. I think you, when you're talking about yeah. that big brown, they're kind of playing in exactly the same space. So you already have all the complexity you can handle in a mole, like you mentioned. So sometimes yeah, that's the thing with mole. It's almost like you don't want a pairing because it's doing all the things already. It is a complete formula. So I would have said, if you had said, just, just take a shot of mezcal and fuck the beer, I'd have been like, yeah, I'm with you. I, I hear that too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that too, always. You have the beer first, and then you have the mezcal. <laughs> they love them some mezcal down there. So now we've got a good idea of your thoughts on very classic pairings from around the country, around the world. Talk to us a bit about just one that maybe you are cooking at home, maybe one of your go-tos that, uh, that you really love that you could tell us about. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I my first brewing job was at Lone Tree Brewing Company, and I have had a lot of Mexican lager from them in my lifetime. And that is a beer that I will 100% always have in my fridge. It's just light enough to pretty much pair with anything, in my opinion, and just sweet enough with the corn in it that it, you know, has more flavor and it's not you know, lackluster or anything like that. So that's a beer that I will always have in my fridge along with Beerstadt Slow Pour Pills. Um, when I'm going for, you know, more chicken dish or turkey or anything like that, pairing with something, you know, dry and, you know, super carbonated and flavorful is my go-to. I like it. I like it. You have me salivating. I know everyone listening is salivating and they are going to go out and pair something delicious and that's that's how you change the world one bite one sip at a time Alyssa thanks for playing quite the pair to that first person that really sparked something in you that said I want to be a, in the craft industry of some kind that that sparked that passion so who is that for you yeah for sure so you know growing up back in Texas um 
my parents were divorced and I would spend, you know, whole months with my dad in the summer and he lived way out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and his side hobby was barbecue and, you know, almost every single weekend without fail, he would get a, you know, beautiful, like local cut of meat and, you know, fire up the smoker, gather up a bunch of, you know, different kinds of woods and, um, and just sit outside and drink beer and, you know, barbecue this amazing dinner for us. And, you know, that really inspired me because the time, because of the time that it took that went into this, um, you know, that he was, you know, nursing this cut of meat all day. And by the end of the day, you had this beautiful meal and, you know, this awesome result in the end. And that, I think that really instilled in me the process and the time that it takes to make things that are good. Um, and, you know, inherently I've always been a creative person too. Um, I was really into art when I was in high school. I've, you know, done all sorts of things in, in terms of creativity. Um, so I think that kind of just meshed really well with each other. Um, and, you know, really fell in love with brewing um, from that. I am curious, very curious, maybe more practically, and maybe it's a little morbid, but you were an animal lover vet, and cooking giant hunks of meat was the thing that most inspired you. Was, <laughs> was, that, very, was that a very polarizing uh, emotional experience for you? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, it, my dad also owned a big farm. I come from a, you know, long line of like cattle owners and it, I grew up taking care of a lot of animals of, you know, livestock and chickens and geese and you name it, you know, I took care of them. You know, that's kind of your job as a little kid. You're not dealing with the slaughter or anything. You're taking care of the babies and feeding them every day. Um, so I think that part of my life really influenced me going into being a vet tech at the time. There, so That's awesome. But we digress. I'm very interested, <laughs> having tried your beers and recognizing how much flavor, like really depth of flavor is important to you and having talked to you about it and having brewed a beer together, uh, what was that experience for you tasting that art form in barbecue and in texas it's more than our form it's a religion pretty much absolutely yeah what did how did flavor kind of play into that for you and what was your dad really you know cueing you up to kind of take this this journey that now has you creating flavor over time just like he was doing yeah so you know i've i've always liked to cook and and for him, when he was kind of not necessarily teaching me, but I would definitely ask questions and he would have me like, you know, gather wood and help him out setting everything up. And I think it's just the process of everything and layering um, flavors within time really inspired me a lot instead of just you know, you make a dish and it's done in 30 minutes. Um, this, you know, can take days sometimes. And, and so, you know, being able to build on those complexities uh, with, with smoking meat or barbecue, 
uh, is really interesting. And I think it's almost the same with brewing. Um, you know, you, you start off with the grains, um, you build on those flavors and then you go over to the hops and you decide which, which combination you want, what flavors are of hops are going to work well with your grains. And then, you know, the yeast character. So it, it's very similar from, you know, gathering your wood, what kind of wood are you going to smoke with and what kind of cut of meat are you going to do and what heat and what this and, you know, everything like that. It's, it's very similar. Yeah, it makes a makes a lot of sense for sure. It's just the science and artistry and kind of that dance is is pivotal. So, has your dad tasted your beers? <laughs> no, actually, he is a uh, uh, straight up Bud Light kind of person. <laughs> oh man, well, what a convert that would be if you get good old barbecue in Texas, dad drinking some of your beer. That's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and is he, is he understanding of the fact that you don't want to brew Bud Light type of beer? Oh, he definitely is. What, I mean, okay, to be fair, I have not brought him any of my beer because I don't want him to judge me. <laughs> oh, come on. You're, you're at the point where the masses have judged you and deemed you, wor and deemed you worthy. Now it's time to... Uh, to face a uh, big old dad for sure I, I love that this needs to be a uh, a, a video for sure that we need to capture oh, no. <laughs> is, is dad getting slipped a uh, jagged mountain Alyssa Thorpe New England IPA instead of his Bud Light and his his brain will explode with I know I don't even know what he would think <laughs> Oh, now, now, now I'm on it. We need to make this happen. I love this. This is dad. <laughs> dad, if you're listening, she's a good brewer. Her beer is great. Get on it. Excellent. <laughs> the call out, the gauntlet has been thrown. Now you're going through life. You get into vet tech. It seems like the seamless transition from having helped raise animals. And now you say, you know what? I'm getting completely out of this. I'm going to move to Colorado, start brewing beer. Who is it that's there in that moment that either is trying to talk you out of it or trying to talk you into it, supporting you? What does that look like for you? Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, before I moved to, to Colorado, to Denver, uh, me and my husband, Brandon, uh, met, we actually worked together at the, at the vet clinic that I was working at in Texas. Um, and we started dating. We were actually friends for about five years, I think, before we ever started dating. Um, started going out, got pretty serious. We moved in together. Um, he, at the time, was working on the railroad, and I uh, got a call from a family member and said, hey, I have this really great opportunity for you in Denver, Colorado. Uh, what do you think about moving there in two months? And, you know, we had a long conversation about it. And I was just like, you know, I've, I've been at this vet clinic for almost nine years and I'm ready for a change. I'm ready to do something different. And so we packed all our bags up, uh, moved to Denver. And at first it was, it was a tough transition, you know, when you've lived in your hometown your whole life and all of a sudden you uproot everything. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was still working as a vet tech um, for a local clinic and knew that I wasn't happy, knew that I was starting to get burned out. 
And, uh, you know, I was so lucky to have Brandon as such a great support system because he really encouraged me to, you know, either go back to school, explore what I want to do, um, and, you know, be just so supportive of that. Um, so initially, I thought I was going to go to be a microbiologist because I really enjoy biology and science, um, and then decided that I didn't want to sit in a lab forever. And, uh, you know, Brandon and I were home brewing together a lot, and he kind of had the idea that said, hey, why don't you do this brewing thing? You seem to like it a lot. You love science. It's very, you know, goes hand in hand. Um, so why don't you pursue it? Wow. And, you know, a few months later, I ended up at Regis University uh, for the craft brewing program. Brandon, you have, you lit a fire that exploded and now you're, you know, making waves in the scene and stuff like that. That's really great. That support is so, so vital because what a big shift that is so to have Brandon there nudging you along. That's, that's huge. That's, that, that goes a long, long way. And I don't know if people have that. Too many people have the other side where it's judgment, judgment, doubt, doubt. And it's like, you know what? Fuck it. Go do it. Yeah, exactly. And I, I feel like our relationship has always been like that, too. You know, even when he said, hey, you know, we're going to move to Colorado. I don't have experience in this job, but my uncle said I could do it. And, you know, we've always just been extremely encouraging of each other. And I think you're right. That does play a huge part in anybody's career, just having that big support system. Yeah. And I know Brandon, he's your biggest fan and cheerleader no doubt yeah. <laughs> no doubt anywhere that you are pouring beer even at the brewery but let alone outside the brewery uh brandon is there and I, I love that 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 connection is is key because it, you guys can do this together which i think is really great so brandon says go do it you're at regis you get into brewing the mu brewery thing happens then you go right next to lone tree Yep. And then you and then you have the opportunity to be the head brewer. Did you feel ready? And then tell me what Brandon had to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was definitely scared. You know, I if for being a brewer, I didn't have a ton of experience. I had only been brewing at Lone Tree for almost two years. Um, and before that at Mew Brewery, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um and so, you know, making the leap from just a shift brewer to head brewer, um, I was definitely worried. I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to do it. Um, you know, I was really stressing about that, but he absolutely really instilled some confidence in me and was like, look, you made the leap from a vet tech into brewing. You are where you are now because of you, because you've done it. And what makes this leap into a head brewer any different? And, you know, I, ever since that conversation, I've just been really confident about it. Brandon needs to get into the motivational speaker space. Right? I know. <laughs> he's, he, he's got game for sure. I, I, <laughs> I, can, I can really, really appreciate that because, you know, again, there's so much doubt you have in yourself. All you need is somebody else doubting you to just say, fuck it, I'm not going to give it a try. And so yeah. you get in there and this is something that I think about too, even just with this podcast where it's like, 
do you have imposter syndrome? And you're like, I, I'm not this, and I'll be judged on the fact that I'm not this, but you are. Like, you are a brewer, and now is your time to express yourself. And you may fumble in the initial parts of expressing yourself, but this is what you were meant to do. And, yeah. and now, today, do you feel like you are a fucking head brewer? <laughs> it took a little while, but yeah, I'm a fucking head brewer. <laughs> Damn right. Uh, that's what I like to hear. So now you're brewing, like you're in it, you're doing it, you're making waves, you know, like you're getting a following and people are digging the beer and, you know, you're on the cover of New Brewer and now you have a whole persona. There's all these things to, to manage and expectations flung on you. It's easy to lose that, that grounding. Clearly Brandon's doing that. Who else professionally is really keeping you grounded, keeping you motivated, mentoring? Who's somebody in your life right now that is meaning a lot to you? When I first started going to Regis University, I remember literally on my first day of school um, to my brewing class, I stopped into Gold Spot Brewing Company, which is the closest brewery to Regis University. And I sat down, I had all my school books ready. It was my first day of class and I met um, the head brewer now uh, slash owner of Gold Spot. Her name is Calissa. And she noticed that I was reading a, a craft beer book and just started a conversation. Um, and ever since then, she has really been a source of a great source of knowledge, support. Um, she is a great friend of mine. Um, even now we, you know, plan out collabs um, and we're, she's just a, a, a all around great person and really um, made a, an impression on me, especially as a, a, you know, a woman brewer going into a, um, you know, a field that is primarily men, um, seeing someone like her really excel at what she's doing and making incredible beer um, mm -hmm. definitely inspired me. Yeah, let's dig into that a little bit because you're hitting on something that is really relevant today as, as we're looking at the craft beer industry as it's starting to shift as it's becoming more and more dynamic it's becoming more and more ubiquitous in the way that just our generation and the next generation are going to engage in their community that there's a, a brewery an anna brewery a brew pub on you know in every neighborhood mm -hmm. representation you know matters and is, is interesting it's a fucking boys club i mean yeah. you go to a beer fest either side of that table is a lot of dudes and i'm sure that the the doubt that you fit in you know and and the judgment and the even being like oh she's a female brewer no i'm just a fucking brewer dude yeah so and calissa i know she's she's outspoken and and man the girl is a badass she can stand her ground no doubt when it comes to just standing her ground or when it comes to the the beer game talk to me about that a little bit what's the like navigating that and, and how do you see that trajectory changing or needing to change yeah I'm at first it was it was definitely a struggle um you know when I started going to school I don't think I fully understood how much of a boys club the brewing industry really was um I just knew I like I like to make beer I like to drink beer and I I, I guess I never realized it 
um, until I really started getting into it and talking to a lot of brewers and then suddenly realizing that, oh shit, I think only, I think the last statistic that I looked at was out of every brewer in the country, I think only 15% of them are female. Um, so that was definitely intimidating. Um, especially after I graduated from Regis University, I was, I was having a, a lot of troubles finding a job. Um, I even had some interviews where I got, you know, shitty comments or, you know, lots of doubt that I could even lift a grain bag. And it, it was extremely frustrating. And I think that's why I started uh, my Instagram account, Southern Beer Girl, was to really try to show the, the side that women experience in brewing and to try to be an example to hopefully get more women into this. Um, because, you know, the brewing, brewing industry itself is amazing, but it can only be better if we have more diversity. I could not agree more. And even that statistic, I'm actually surprised that 15% was that high. And also I yeah, wonder I, how, how much of that is, is head brewers versus probably brewers. Even less. I'm yeah, sure it's you, much less. You see it in the restaurant industry where at the top level, 50% of restaurant employees are women. Okay, that sounds reasonable. Then you dig down one layer deeper. You say, well, how many of those are in the back of house? You know, more the brewery side, the kitchen side, right? That that side of it and then it yeah. drops to the 20s and you say well, how many of them are, are you know salaried then it drops to the 15 percent now how many of them are are executive chefs how many of them are owners then you're in the sub 10 percent and wow. as you uh, yeah and brewing i don't know the i don't know the the numbers but i'm guessing there's a lot of similarities where you sit in those those interviews and you know somebody's like well you're you're a girl you could bartend no dude no. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. I, can... I got offers for that. Almost every interview, it would end with, well, we do have bartending shifts open. <laughs> yeah. And it's the one thing to get your foot in the door. I understand that. And not having the experience, I absolutely understand that. But to be pigeonholed yeah. because of your sex or the way that you look, it's just, it's a hard thing to overcome. So I can really, really appreciate and and celebrate the fact that you said i'm pushing through all that calissas and lots of other breweries brewers who happen to be women who are just wanting to be judged on making fucking good beer so i think that is a very very important point so you and calissa banding together uh love that i see a lot of the collabs that you're doing with with other brewers who are female, not female brewers. And what is that community meaning? And what can that community do to like push us to what happens next? Because I think there's a lot of powerful things coming out of that. More importantly, good beer. Like you gotta be able to brew good beer. I don't care if you're a man, a woman, an immigrant, you're yellow, green, or purple. Like you got to brew good beer. It's got to be about quality first above all, all else. What is Absolutely. that? What is that community? What, what's, what do you girls have planned for us? Like, tell me. I think it's just, you know, honestly, like what you said, banding together. Um, you know, all of us kind of share this mutual experience of, you know, having terrible interactions with, 
you know, brewers, fellow brewers, owners, people that drink our beer, um, and just that common shitty experience, we have all just kind of banded together and, and kind of said, you know what, we're tired of this and we're going to show the world like what we got and we're going to brew some really fucking good beer. Love, love hearing that. A lot happening in the brewing industry right now. Uh, there's so much groundswell of new styles being dynamic. Uh, what are the conversations like with Brandon, with Kalissa, with your team about staying grounded, doing what you're good at, uh, staying focused, caring about your guests and things like that? Tell me a couple of the, the tidbits that really keep you focused on your craft. I think for me and, you know, Brandon really pushes me to do this too, is not getting stuck in either like making the same things all the time or um, not even going with a lot of trends, just kind of trusting myself and trusting my abilities and my creativity in what I want to drink and what I think will other people will want to drink and just trying to stay creative and, you know, make delicious beer and keep my passion that way. That's powerful stuff. I want to leave our listeners with a quote that you gave me and get your take on how this really drives you and, and how others can try and emulate that to, to follow their passions, whether they know what they want to do from day one or they start out as vet techs and get into this crazy brewing industry. So you told me, never give up, work your ass off to get there. Tell us what that means to you. I mean, you know, there were a lot of times that I wanted to give up a lot of times that I thought that brewing wasn't for me, that I was, you know, a, a too girly of a girl and that I would never be accepted or never excel. And I didn't give up and I worked hard. I worked as hard as I could and I still do every day. And, you know, that's, that's what it takes if you really want something true words could not be spoken Alyssa thorpe keep doing what you're doing i will keep drinking your beer and we will spread the word about staying focused never giving up and kicking some ass really appreciate you thank you so much for having me i'm very excited for this next little segment we've been talking to Alyssa, talking about her story the people that have impacted her through her life through her career and she specifically called out a good buddy of hers, Calissa Heber, who is now the head brewer, co-owner of Goldspot Brewing in Denver, Colorado. When they first met was when Alyssa was going to school at Regis to get her brewing certificate. And Calissa was there at Goldspot just starting out, bartending, assistant brewer, pushing herself into the industry. And it was clear that that had a major impact on Alyssa. So, Alyssa, thank you for talking with us. Yep. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So that camaraderie was very clear that it's, it was important and still continues to be important, that mentorship. And I think in the hospitality industry, it always occurs to me that we are so focused on creating and taking care of our guests. Sometimes we forget to take care of ourselves and each other. And that relationship was important. So clearly, 
I know, having had your beers and much of the Denver community, Alyssa knows you're a badass when it comes to brewing. We talk a lot about you and I about how dry your beers out are, and we could geek out on that. But what I'm really interested in, and what I think the listeners are really interested in, is what that relationship was, that bond that was created. And what does that really mean to you? And especially to have Alyssa now, you know, put on the spot and said, who is somebody that is important to you today and, and have her call you out specifically? Yeah, I mean, it means a lot to me. Um, you know, I had several of those people in my life. Um, you know, this beer industry is really stressful and it can be very solitary work because you really don't work with too many people ever. Um, and it's just so nice to be able to nerd out and geek out and inspire each other. Um, and the creativity that Alyssa had from a very early on was very apparent to me and I was really drawn to that. Um, and she just had a lot of passion and I wanted to, you know, honestly, I wanted to see, to see her succeed and I wanted to see more, you know, passionate young women. Um, you know, I had done the program the year before and there were, you know, I was the second youngest in the program. So it was just nice to see some other people that were young and passionate and had some like cool different ideas. Um, you know, cause I had had a lot of wonderful people, but bringing more women into the industry was obviously something that I wanted to see. And it's been really great now because we have collaborated, I think like five different times professionally. Now um, we have a rotating collaboration gold, gold mountain between Jagged and I, and we just kind of, we can't have more ideas and we have time to brew, which is pretty great. Yeah. I love that. That's uh, important for the industry as a whole. Take, take us back to that the first moment she said she walked in because gold spot is you know block away from regis mm -hmm. and uh just needed a beer and what were those those early conversations what was the trepidation that she was specifically facing and and kind of what were some of those words of wisdom that you were trying to instill into her that clearly stuck well i think you know it until you actually break through it feels almost impossible um you know i had finally gotten through that door so I also just had like you know I was so happy that that had finally happened and I think that was just infectious for her as well um and <clears throat> I just told her to keep going with it um she had some really cool ideas we would bounce off recipes you know because I was still very new into this industry I had you know homebrewed for a long time but um you know I was still learning but you know I was any idea that she'd ever have I'd like you know show her my recipes and show her like different things that I was working through and just we would just nerd out about beer yeah that's that that kind of banter I think is I think is pretty important and does it still feel the same when you two get together does it still feel like that that early bond that relationship or how has that evolved and oh, the conversations like today I think, um, you know, now we're just trying to take our own recipes to a whole new level. You know, like we have so much, we've made so many beers at this point. We've, you know, learned from so many amazing people. Um, we're always just trying to push ourselves to be the best brewers. Um, and I think both of us are kind of like chef inspired by kind of approaching recipes to that way. Um, and at this point, like we just made a caramel macchiato blonde stout and we're approaching it to make it inspired by dessert, but not sweet. And I honestly can't even remember like who kind of first started that idea. I feel like we're both just kind of like mind melding at the same time, which is really, really awesome. You know, I was by myself in the brew house at Gold Spot for about three years and I just love doing collaborations because um, it just, I get to hang out with my friends and we get to make awesome new stuff and you can do something kind of weird because if it doesn't sell that well, they get half the batch. So <laughs> you're kind of like, all right. Um, <laughs> you can spread the risk a little bit. Exactly. I think that's 
I think it's interesting. You you end up on an island a little bit when you're you know back of house at the brew house and uh, and get a little bit tunnel vision. So I think that's good to kind of break that that norm for you and get outside of your your little bubble. Uh, now, both of you really have taken on a role of, of responsibility. I can hear it in your voice. I can tell from the conversation to Lissa that you're really championing championing just being great brewers, but also being women in the industry reflect on that for a moment between you and Alyssa like what are those conversations for like how do we inspire who comes next yeah you know I mean we kind of there's a lot of things we want to do because it's not only women you know we want to see the craft beer community doing more like activism and doing more environmental stuff so we were talking about how to do that for GABF and you know we're it's something we're constantly talking about because we haven't seen the numbers grow with the craft beer program at Regis with women that we've wanted. You know, there has never been, I, I hoped because I was year one and she was year two, you know, it was like only a couple women. I really hoped that those numbers would just keep increasing. And that just has not been the case. Um, you know, I'm one of the teachers for the program now and we only had two women in the last cohort. Um, we just haven't seen that breakthrough. So I think anytime that we have an opportunity to talk with anyone who's like interested in getting into the industry, like we try to be a support system. And I think there are a lot of really wonderful female brewers in the industry who have been that way for me, who like, there's just a really good support system here in general. Um, so we try to just be there for anyone that we can, but you know, there's definitely not the numbers that we want to see with the diversity in general. I mean, not just women. Um, and I think that's just something that her and I really want to see improve. Yeah, just generally for anybody, uh, give us the pitch because brewing is fucking crazy. You know, it's like it it's hot as hell. It's cold as hell. You're schlepping 50-pound bags of grains up and down. Grain out isn't glamorous. You know, you spend uh, and, two and the days brewing, four days cleaning, and a day doing paperwork. If you do the math, that's, you're working seven days a week. I mean, it's, it's pretty tough, and like, it's, not, it's not sexy. Like, it nope. just isn't. Just like people think, uh, oh, being a chef is 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 cool, and maybe, but it's a it's fucking hard work. But give us the pitch, like, why do you push beyond that and go from getting into the industry to now being an owner and head brewer? Yeah, I mean, you have you have to truly love it. You know, I mean, you can love beer, but that's that's a whole different thing. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, drinking beer still, is easy. Yeah, right. And there's there's a lot of miss. I mean, people misunderstand this industry a lot. Um, and you've seen a lot of people leave the industry because they're like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, like you have to still be able to find that joy and find that creative outlet. And that's why I'm so happy that she found that at Jagged. And that's a huge reason why I purchased Goldspot. Because if you're not having fun with it, if you're not, you know, making these kind of connections and still finding that joy, then it's really not worth it. But that's the ability to have these relationships and create these wonderful things and make some of the difference that you can. Um, you just don't see that in a lot of other industries and being able to craft these kind of crazy flavor profiles or just a really balanced, beautiful lager is so satisfying. And to be able to do it with such an amazing community of friends is just really special. Yeah. You, Calissa, Alyssa are making moves. The industry appreciates it for sure. Hopefully we maybe sparked one person's inspiration that's listening today to get in the industry. And if not, at the very least, to go enjoy beer at Goldspot or Jagged Mountain. Thank you for your time and, uh, and for supporting somebody like Alyssa. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cheers. 
Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.